0: Welcome to the Between the Dream Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Taylor Jr. Today is Monday, September 21st, 2020. Hope you all are doing well. Hope that you've had a great weekend. Missed you guys. So happy to be back with you all. So excited for this new week and all of the great things that are to come for you personally. And then, of course, all of the great content that's getting ready to be put out this week. Um, Just a quick overview that I'm so excited about as we dive deeper into the conversation of suicide prevention this week, of course, we have today's conversation that I'm super stoked about, and then um, I'm gonna have some really intentional conversation this week. One with a survivor um, that is a spouse who lost a partner, um, a spouse, excuse me, to uh, suicide, and then a an individual who lost a parent. To suicide, and I think both of these conversations are going to be beneficial and super helpful for um, those who are listening and maybe somebody that you're connected to um, as we talk about prevention and as we talk about ways that we can help each other to overcome. So, Wednesday, Friday, be on the lookout. Two phenomenal episodes coming this weekend, and we will have a check in with our good friend, therapist Trish, as well, as she gives us some things that we can take away to utilize within our own lives, practice within ourselves, and then also some things that we can do to help others as well. But for today's conversation, I am super excited. Before we get started, though, I just want to take a quick moment to say thank you to all of our new listeners who are tuning in, wherever you're listening from, whatever platform you might be listening on. Thank you so much for tuning in. I ask that you go ahead and subscribe on whatever platform you might be listening on, and of course, for my dream team, for those of you all that keep coming back, thank you so much for your continued support. Don't forget, you can follow me Instagram Richard Jr., Facebook and LinkedIn Richard L Taylor Jr., Twitter is at Truly made. and of course, you can find more out about me, my merchandise, as far as books and apparel are concerned, on my website RichardTaylorJr.com. With that being said, I want to jump into a serious conversation and I'm not going to uh, belabor or take too long with this, but I think it's a conversation that must be had when we talk about prevention. So um, over the last few weeks, as I've had actual speeches that I've had to present to different groups, um, premier blue cross um, California, Lutheran university and a few other spaces that I've had to kind of just sit and talking. And one of the the big pushes that I've had for suicide prevention is that When we talk about prevention, prevention is early and it's often it happens early and it happens often. It's not a thing. And I know I talked about this on an earlier episode this month where prevention is not a thing where we are catching somebody at their worst moment and and trying to save them, you know, in the heat of the moment. That is a part of prevention. But when we talk about proactivity in prevention, it doesn't start there. When we talk about proactivity in prevention, it actually starts well before that it starts with the systems we create the things that we do it starts with our day-to-day actions and our showings of love um in action to those around us being a helping hand being a good neighbor being a good friend whatever it might be right and so um this conversation today will definitely hit on that but it's actually a conversation about uh uh, 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 comments that were made on the show that I watch faithfully for the last three years now, literally, like, if you know, Richard, like, if you know me, know me, you know that, um, Shannon Sharp, I, I, I feel like he's a national treasure. And because of that, um, I am an avid fan to undisputed. It's a sports talk show that, uh, airs, uh, Monday through Friday on Fox from, uh, six 30, uh, Pacific time to nine, nine o'clock, I believe. And um, man, just great conversations about things going on around all different realms of sports and even the world as a whole, the country, politics and some of the things that have been taking place as a lot of this is intertwined and it it definitely has a shared space of community. And so this uh, this actually took place about a week ago. And I, I wanted to make sure that when I spoke on this, I didn't speak out of raw emotion and frustration, but took the time to actually consider um what I wanted to say how it would be received and then also coming in a way where it's not condemnation but rather how can we utilize this as a time to learn as a lesson to learn um from what's taking place and so um earlier uh in the week before last uh the Dallas uh, the Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott came out um on an interview with admissions of depression. And um, he was actually admitting that he had dealt with it um, at the start of COVID, but it kind of lingered early on because Dak Prescott actually lost um, one of his older brothers to a suicide attempt. And from that, it led him into a, a huge slump of depression and uh, anxiety. And I, when I heard Dak mention it, I was like, man, like that's that's great to hear this leader taking this stance to say hey like yo this is a real thing this is what I've dealt with and I think that it's important that um that I admit it right so I want to say it was Thursday of uh not this past week but the week before last where um there was a conversational undisputed about it Shannon Sharp is talking about it and he's praising Dak for being bold enough to do it and then Skip Bayless you know and I know that you know, Skip's whole thing is, and uh, TV in general, um, it's a lot of caricatures. And so, um, you know, we, we they're playing these roles, and, and a lot of it is for the TV. But, you know, a lot of these thoughts are their own as well. And so Skip made this comment w- about Dak's public admission, and he essentially um, suggested that um, Dak admitting this publicly um, was a sign of weakness. Um, And and from this, it actually grew a lot of criticism on Thursday and Friday on Skip Bayless. And I I watched that episode and then I watched the episode after where Skip, you know, basically tried to come on and um, I guess you could say clean it up. Let's let's just call it damage control. And and Skip got on. He talked about how, you know, he had received a lot of criticism for his comments. Um, during what he said on that episode of Undisputed, which might have actually been aired on Friday, now that I'm thinking about it, and he said that his comments were misconstrued and that he only meant that that Dak Prescott should have sought help when he first started uh, feeling depressed during the the start of the coronavirus pandemic and not waited. But unfortunately, that's not what Skip said, right? And he, he, it's it's easy to say, "Oh, my comments were." being misconstrued but y- the reality is, is that you said what you said and th- I think what's so important here is the follow-up to what Skip Bayless said um, the day before making this kind of like recanting of a statement I guess. Um S- Skip went on not only to talk about the sign of weakness but there were several things that were said um, prior to that that I thought were important. He talked about how you know, Dak is the quarterback of America's team, right? That was his big push. He was like, you are the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and, and, and with that being the case, essentially you can't show any kind of weakness or admit stuff like this. Um, one, because you have to lead and two, because it could be used against you. And so I wanted to really break this down because I think that there are several things that we can take from here. And I'm not gonna condemn Skip Bayless because I think that he's received enough of that already. And if you know anything about me, you know I am a glass half full and a grace-filled person or at least I try and be. And so I think that there's a heavy learning lesson in here from what Skip Bayless said because it's not just a Skip Bayless thing. There are many people in this world who actually not only agree but carry that same kind of ideology from what skip originally stated and i think it's very important to note too that skip bayless also tried to clarify statements on both days um with this whole notion of you know i believe that if it's clinical depression i i totally encourage people to go and get checked out and seek help that's fine but with Skip's comment, I think that the irresponsibility and maybe the, the ignorance. And when I say ignorance, I don't say this in a um, a mean way, but just in an in a uninformed way, an ill-advised way. And that is that clinical depression is not the only form of depression. Um, you know, some people deal with what we would call situational depression, right? Which situational depression can actually happen um, in in a moment in time like a COVID-19 where you're not used to life happening in this way where you lose your job or maybe it's a traumatic experience where you, you lose your, your loved one. Um, you also have what we identify as seasonal depression when you take something like fall time getting ready to come, which is normally known to be a longer season. And in this, you know, pulling people out of summertime. And yeah, I know the leaves are pretty and we got all our Hallmark and Lifetime movies coming on and all of that's great. But the reality is, is that, you know, we go from the sun setting at 9.30 to the sun setting at four o'clock. And so what we're noticing in these moments is that as the season changes, right? If you are living in an area like Seattle, our fall times are beautiful, but that's early fall. When you talk about that, that hard hitting, um, part of fall that comes towards the end of October, where November is now here, and 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 you might get a day or two of sun in between every so often, and even when it's not raining, you're still dealing with an immense amount of overcast, and that overcast, right, that lack of melatonin that comes from the sun and seeing more gray uh, clouds and skies and that gloom can really play an effect heavy on you mentally and emotionally. Right. So to Skip's point about clinical depression, clinical is not the only form, right? What Dak actually expressed was the situational depression, which is a very valid and real thing. And so I I think this is a teachable moment because what we have here is an individual who represents um, an ideology that many people have and a level of misunderstanding that many people have that I think we can learn and grow from, which is that depression comes in many different ways, shapes and form. And when we talk about suicide prevention, one of the early ways in to to halt and to help in prevention is to be proactive in the moment of admission, when somebody is letting you know the cry of their heart, whether that's coming through the form of anxiety, depression, sadness, addiction, these things matter. So I'm not saying that Dak Prescott is suicidal by any stretch of the imagination, but what I am saying is that God forbid, Zach Prescott didn't get the help that he so needed or that he was really yearning for with everything that happened during COVID, We would sit later on in a space of being reactive if something worse was to happen to him. And we'd be like, oh, my God, I wish I would have known. But guess what? Here is the moment in time where you get a chance to know. And what do you do in the early and often part you condemn because of the fact that you say, oh, you're the leader of America's football team, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I want to take this bigger than Dak Prescott. Because it's not just Dak. One of the common memes that we see around emotional health and mental health over the last maybe year or two has been that whole check on your strong friends. Hey, guess what, guys? This is one of those check on your strong friend moments. This is one of those times right here where the strong friend leader of America's team leader, uh, CEO of a company, you know, um, very well known celebrity or maybe a an influencer of true impact to the lives of so many. And I'm not just referring to Dak. I'm referring to people who are leaders who have influence and impact in many capacities. They're overseeing, um, you know, so many different people. This is a moment right here where the strong friend that we say we need to check on has actually admitted, and this is the response. This is an irresponsibility that we've gotta be able to not only address, but it's a mindset as well that we've gotta be able to change. With what took place with Dak in that moment, the comments from Skip Bayless should've never happened because in Skip's mind and in the mind of many people, We think about it from a standpoint of, oh, look, you got to be able to suck it up and lead. But the reality is, is that when we talk about leaders specifically that deal with depression, anxiety, uh, mental and emotional slumps, a lot of times they're not getting the help that they need because the notion is to suck it up, continue to move forward and just lead the people. Two things wrong with that though. The first is that we're not leaving space for healing for those kind of individuals. And all we're actually doing in that mindset is further pushing them into what could potentially become a burnout. If it becomes a burnout, what you tend to see happen are those same critics will then talk about you for your lack of production and productivity because you're burning out. Well, I just don't understand why why they're they're functioning like this. I just don't get it. Like why are they why are they moving like this? Why haven't they been as productive? And it's for the very reason that that started this in the first place, which is the fact that you wanted them to be quiet and continue to lead without getting the help that they so so much needed, right? so very much needed and 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 then the second piece that that really hits home for me is that not only is it a burnout but if leaders burn out for too long they can actually start bleeding out on those that they're supposed to be leading in moments and times where you're supposed to see productivity and you're supposed to be able to pour out and invest into others who are looking up to you who are following you what you really start to see happen is they're bleeding out on those people. And when I say bleeding out, I wanna dive into that a little bit. They're they're hurting those that they're supposed to be leading. They are becoming ineffective in their leadership skills and abilities because of the fact that they are taking their burnout, their hurt, their pain, their confusion and frustration out on those around them. So now not only are they unproductive as leaders, but the productivity of everybody else around them is starting to suffer as well. And this is why it's so important for us to make sure that we are paying attention and understanding that when we have the conversation of suicide prevention, it doesn't start when somebody's standing on the bridge getting ready to jump off or on the tracks getting ready to get hit by a train or trying to walk in the traffic. It starts in moments like this to where, hey, we've got a beautiful opportunity to nip this thing in the bud by listening to them, by coming to their aid. I don't care how much money they make. I don't care the celebrity status. Understanding that these types of issues can attack us all in different ways. And even though the attack looks different, the, the one reality and truth that holds and stands firm is that the end result is the same. It brings about confusion. It brings about pain. It brings about the feelings of loneliness. It can lead to a deeper slump of depression. It can lead to greater questioning of one's purpose that can open the doorway to, to not only question and purpose, but now questioning existence. And so what am I saying? We've got to do a better job of of looking at what took place with Skip Bayless's words and what happened with Dak Prescott and understand that we've got millions of Dak Prescott's around the world. And some might say, oh, you're an NFL player. You're making millions of dollars. You got everything you need. And to that, I would challenge the ignorant notion that thinks that monetary means take away or somehow move or make you exempt from dealing with the normal human problems because at the end of the day, millions of dollars stripped away, you're still a human being. I heard a speaker one time talk about how depression can look different for many people. It could be a homeless individual who is looking at their life circumstance and the fact that they've been homeless and trying to find food to eat for the longest. And they're sitting there literally considering their life's purpose as a homeless individual, constantly having to bed, constantly having to be humiliated. And depression is already evident and suicide can slip in in a moment's time like that. And then they went on to say that it could be a middle-class American, a middle-class individual from any part of the world where, okay, life's all right, you're kind of all right with money, but you still got bills piling up and you got issues with your family. And as you see those red notices coming in or as it seems like life keeps happening and it's one thing after another, maybe the marriage isn't going well, maybe the kids are are losing it. Depression and 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 the thoughts of suicide can seep in there. And then they finally went on to talk about how it could be a very wealthy individual, celebrity maybe, maybe somebody of power, maybe somebody with position and title sitting in their nice mansion with a glass of wine off of the counter as they're sitting in their hot tub contemplating just how lonely they are. How they've been used time and time again, how they've been critiqued and how they didn't necessarily ask for all of the extra things that came with the spotlight, the clout. They didn't ask to be ridiculed. They didn't ask to be criticized, but they are because it comes with the territory. And because of that, they feel alone. And suicide can seep in in a moment like that. And I think it's so critical that we think about that because it's not about how much money you're making, It's not about how much money you're necessarily not making. We all have a mental health. And because of that, it only takes the right thing to trigger us, to traumatize us, and to drag us into a space that we're now, we are susceptible to greater issues because we're being hit with something that was able to push the right buttons on us. And so I really just wanna encourage you all as you go throughout this week, take some time to consider in those moments where people are expressing their hurt and pain like a Dak Prescott, or maybe expressing it through actions that might be in the form of anger or frustration. And I want to I want to touch on that real quick. I had a mentor say this to me a few years ago. We were sitting down at dinner and he was like, Richard, I'm learning to see people not for their actions, but to see the hurt and pain under the actions. I'm learning to see them for their hurt and their pain. And that really stuck out to me because I know it can be very easy for us to be ready to say, yo, run the fade like you want to talk to me like you crazy. You want to act a fool. I will act a fool with you. But what happens if what we're really seeing is an outlashing to somebody else's misery, right? Do we allow their misery to control us and we start to respond in the same way? Absolutely not. But what happens if in their misery, we can learn to see them in their hurt and their pain and we don't respond in the same way, but we rise above and in this, we can actually spread some love because we just don't know how far that hurt, misery, and pain could be getting ready to take them Definitely, if we try and meet them with the fire that we have to try and, and and equal out and dish back out that hurt and that pain. I just want to encourage you all this week to deal with the misconceptions, to deal with this this false ideology that tells us that you've got to be a certain way or it's got to be clinical in order for it to be real. No, that's not the case. This thing is so serious. COVID has done nothing but put an extra bright light on it. It's been here for the longest time. I'm hearing a lot of people right now say, oh my God, your work is so important, definitely in a time like this, Eh, maybe. But this work is important all the time because we all have a mental health and we all have a mental health, whether it's a pandemic or whether life is going well. And I think that that's something that we've got to remember that it doesn't take a COVID for us to see things like this. And this is why I think it's so important that we remain on the side of being proactive. So in a moment like this, where you get somebody like Dak Prescott, leader of America's team, to admit something of this magnitude. We listen to it the same way we would to somebody else. I think we've got to get out of the mindset of how we look at people when they share their issues and their problems, thinking that, oh, Because you are this, you shouldn't have to deal with this. I love you guys, but I'm going to be completely honest. That's ignorance at its finest. I gave an example about this a few years back. And I want to give it again. It was actually last year. I think it was the first time I mentioned it in a speech. And I'm done after this. I talked about the comparison to how. And I don't know if it was uh, intentional, subliminal, whatever, but. Marvel Comics, specifically Marvel movies um, and entertainment, they they did a great job of kind of showing us how we approach our thoughts and, and, and our reactions and mental health. And it essentially had to do with um, Tony Stark in Iron Man 3 when he was sitting at the table with Brody and um, the little boy who was helping him out. And he starts having these flashbacks to the first Iron Man movie when he was locked up in the cave and he was building the original iron man suit suit excuse me um and in that he runs out of the restaurant that they're sitting in goes to his suit and he gets diagnosed by the ai system inside of the suit at the time which was jarvis i think it was jarvis um and essentially it's like mr stark you are you're experiencing a panic attack. And from that, we found out that Tony Stark has PTSD. And so it was amazing to see people's response in that moment because it was like, oh my God, Tony Stark, the leader of the Avengers, one of the leaders of the Avengers is dealing with PTSD. And he's having all of these traumatic flashbacks and it's, it's causing him not to be his best self. But then we fast forward to 2019 and... We're watching Avengers Endgame and up on the screen pops a very fat and out of shape Thor, who's become an alcoholic because of his depression and literally losing everyone. I don't think people pay attention to the lineage of Thor's loss, but it it stems deep. He lost his mother in the second movie. He lost his father in the third movie. He lost his brother right after that, and then half of the world ends up being killed because he was so gung-ho on trying to stick an ax in Thanos' chest, and he shoulda went for the head, right? And he blames himself. But as soon as this big Lebowski-looking Thor comes on the screen, we all laugh, and it's a joke. And while that was for the stance of entertainment in that moment, what I noticed and identified was that this is actually a real life look at how we approach and the ideologies that we have around mental health. If it doesn't look a certain way, we either don't care about it, we lack empathy with it, or it's a joke to us. And all I'm saying is as we move forward, Let's make sure that we take every form and facet of mental health seriously and keep the same energy all around. To be able to love and help others who might be going through. That's my message for you all today. I love you guys and I want to see you in and all you do. Thank you so much for listening in. If you feel like somebody can use this, uh, please feel free to share it. And if you're the individual struggling, I just want to let you know your life has such a great purpose. Trouble in times do not last always. And I need you to remember that this too shall pass. Help is here for you. You deserve help. And it's time for you to get that help that you need so you can live a more fruitful life on the other side. You're not losing a life. You're not failing. You're simply between the dream.